Takiwatanga in his, her, their own time and space. Being cool. The kids that are in his class that have autism, super cool. Autism's about a different perspective on life. And once you've met one autistic person, you've met one autistic person. There is nothing wrong with having autism, you know. The hardest thing with autism and intellectual disability and that is sometimes accepting it. They bring change. They are non-judgmental. Being different ways to thinking. I'm autistic. If you don't look autistic, it is a very ableist statement. Autism is a label. Forget the label and just live as normal life as possible. Autism is about hope. Takiwatanga. Love Not Cure, Exploring Autism, One Strength at a Time. Today we're going to talk about gut microbiome, how our stomach and brain work together. So it turns out our stomach talks to our brain. It does this directly through nerves and indirectly by changing the chemicals in our body. These changes go up to our brain and affects how it works. So basically your gut and brain are like best friends who share secrets and influence each other. So cool, right? So it's not uh, a one-way street. Uh, Basically, your brain also talks to your entire gut. When we say gut, we mean the whole digestive system, not just the stomach. So your brain has a say in how fast your food gets digested and chemistry or the chemistry of the gut as well. So if you're feeling stressed, happy, or facing a social challenge, your brain can change the chemistry of your gut and that in turn affects how your brain works. So let's dive a, a little bit deeper into this, something called the mic, uh, the gut microbiome. These are trillions of tiny bacteria living in our digestive tract. They play a big role in how your body functions from metabolism to the immune system and even how your brain works. Soon we'll t- uh, talk about things you can do to keep your gut healthy. Because as you learn, gut health is super important for your overall well-being, both for your brain and your body. So imagine the gut and the brain like a team, where different stations communicate with each other. It's like having a left hand talk to the right hand, and then right hand talks to the right foot, then to the left foot, and it goes back and forth, back and forth. So the cool thing is, this communication is like a two-way street, going from the gut to the brain, and back again. So now when we say gut, we're not just talking about the stomach, right? So most people think of the gut as a stomach, but it's actually the whole digestive tract uh, from the very beginning to the very end. So today we're going to chat about special nerve cells called neurons that live in the gut. These neurons talk specific, in specific spots in your brain and release cool chemicals like dopamine or serotonin. These chemicals can make you really want certain foods or activities and also make you feel certain ways in certain, do certain things. A bunch of those communication experts called neurons actually live in your intestines, not just the stomach. They can be in small or large intestines. What's even cooler is that you have a taste receptors and neurons all along in your digestive tract. These guys are like little messengers talking to your brain and influencing what you think, you feel, and do. Now, for the gut-brain axis, we've got to consider both the brain and the gut first. But here's the twist. When we say brain, it's not just the thinking part in your head. It includes a bunch of other things too. So your nervous system is like a team with the brain. And spinal cord as leaders and together make up, they make up um, the brain. 
they are part of the central nervous system too. It's like a whole squad uh, working together, including your eyes. All right, so let's make it simpler. Picture the digestive tract like a long tube with different sections separated by little doors called sphincters. Now, what's interesting is that the tube has different levels of acidity or pH all along it and think of uh, different neighborhoods for tiny bacteria to live in. Some bacteria like it in certain neighborhoods while others don't. Now, when we talk about the gut in the gut-brain team, it's not just your stomach doing all the work. It's like a bunch of small neighborhoods in this tube, each with its own little environment where certain bacteria thrive. The way you act and the things you experience can change these environments, making some bacteria more likely to thrive and others not so much. And guess what? This whole setup begins from uh, right from the moment you're born, setting the stage for a little community of bacteria in your gut. And also we have this microbiota. What is this microbiota refers to? It's the community of microorganisms, including bacteria, fungi, viruses, and other single-celled organisms. They live in particular environments in the context of human body. The term is often used to describe the vast population of microorganisms that inhabit various parts of uh, our body, especially the digestive tract. The human microbiome plays a crucial uh, role in maintaining health and contributing to the processes like digestion, metabolism, immune system function. Uh, these microorganisms interact with each other and with the host, which is human, in a complex dynamic way. The balance and the diversity of the microbiota are important for overall well-being and disruptions. In this balance, we can potentially contribute to health issues. The moment you were born, a team of tiny helpers called the microbiome started to form inside your body. They're like your own little superheroes, making sure everything works uh, smoothly, everything is functioning well. But there's the twist. How you were born and the early experiences you had play a big role in shaping the superhero team, whether you came into the world through a C-section or a regular delivery. If you were born early, and even if you had pets or played in the dirt, all these things left their mark on your superhero team. Now let's talk about the long tube inside you. The digestive tract, it's not just a straight line. It's a twist and turns. The structure of this is a tube that is a, a very big, that has very big deal in how your superhero team talks to your brain. It's like a high-tech communication system happening right inside you. And all those early experiences are like the settings that determine how this system works, which is pretty fascinating. When most people think about the gut, they usually imagine the stomach and food being digested. But um, guess what? It's way more complex and way more interesting than just that. So you've heard uh, me talking about the, the gut microbiome and microbiota. So let's break down those terms. So the microbiota, those are the actual bacteria. Now the microbiome includes not only the bacteria, but also the genes that make that they make. These genes are pretty important because they impact all of us. You've got loads of this little microbiota, this bacteria hanging out inside you. And imagine right now you're carrying around about two to three 
kilograms, which is about more than six pounds of this tiny bacteria. So another fun fact, these little guys in your gut are always changing. It's like a cycle of birth and, well, n not really death, but they do eventually go away. Some stick around in your gut for a long time while others leave when you go to the bathroom and believe it or not, it's about 60% of what we call stool. And yes, that's a uh, human poop, which is made up of uh, this live and dead microbacteria. Uh, it might not be most pleasant, but to think about it, it's the most normal part of life. What's really uh, interesting is that you're constantly making and getting rid of this microbacteria. The type and number of uh, bacteria depends on the gut. The chemistry of your gut, which is influenced by the food you eat and the ones you don't. So it's like your gut is the ever-changing ecosystem, all because of, your, of the things you choose to eat. Microbiome is not just shaped by what we eat. There are other influences too. Microbiome bodies also enter our digestive tract through our mouth while we breathe, when we kiss, and through skin contact. Who we hang out with and the environment we're in also play a big role in forming our microbiome. This also includes whether we spend time with animals as well. So inside your body, there are tons of tiny creatures called uh, microorganisms. We're not, we're not sure if uh, they know what you're doing or if they have consciousness. It's a bit uh, of a mystery, as I can tell. But what we do know is that they're making themselves at home in different parts of your digestive tract. They're also hitching a ride through your social interactions, like when people talk to you, breathe, shake hands, or even kiss you. And guess what? Um, your pets, whether it's a dog, cat, lizards, or rat, they're part of the action too. They all have a say in creating your microbiome. That community of trillions of tiny bacteria living in your digestive system. Now, neurons, on the other hand, are like the superhero cells of your nervous system doing the most of the important stuff. There are other important cell types, but neurons are the real stars when it comes to making your nervous system work. Now you have neurons not just in your brain, but all over your body, in your gut, heart, lungs, spleen, and, and so on. It's not surprising that you have neurons in your gut, but what's cool is that uh, there are specific types of neurons near the mucosal lining right next to your digestive system. These neurons can send messages up to your brain through a long wire called an axon. They're like messengers telling your brain about the chemistry, nutrition, and everything else happening uh, in your gut. It's like a secret communication line or system inside your body. So those neurons in your gut are like messengers not just telling your brain to eat more, but also talking to your to areas in your brain that help control when you should stop eating or even in extreme cases, vomit. It might sound a bit gross, but it's just an example to show you how our body has a clever system to control different behaviors like eating and getting rid of uh, food. Imagine these neurons are like push-pull system. They use the same chemical, dopamine, to create two opposite behaviors. One is telling you to eat uh, or eat more, and the other is saying, okay, that's enough. Time to stop and get rid of it. 
Our brain is like a detective um, carefully paying attention to the signals from our gut. It's not just about the message itself, but also about how much that message is being sent. It's like our brain knows when we've had enough to eat and when it's time to stop. So even if our body has its own smart system to keep things in balance, we all have uh, neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters are like uh, messengers in your brain. Spinal cord, eyes, and the rest of your body uh, or your nervous system. Their job is to either switch on or off the activity of nerve cells. It's like they're controlling the electrical signals in your body. Some make nerve cells more active while other, uh, or others calm them down. So think of neurotransmitters as um, terrific controllers for the message or messages in your body. So the tiny bugs living in your gut, those six pounds of cargo we talked about earlier, can actually influence how your body works. They're not just hanging out. They can make neurochemicals like uh, messengers that travel into your bloodstream, reach your brain, and then affect your body and mood. And here's the, uh, another part where they can do this without using the complex nerve pathways. So it means that you eat and the environment in your gut can create chemicals that uh, make your brain feel good or not so good, influencing your behavior. So now moving from the direct signals we discussed before to indirect signaling. It's like a different way of your gut to talk to your brain. We focus a lot on how the structure of the gut influences feeding behaviors, but now let's go deeper into this indirect signaling pathway. It's like a bridge connecting signals from the gut to the brain through neurons, hormones, and even the microbiome. Those tiny bugs in your gut, it's like uh, the whole team working together to send messages to your brain. So imagine the tiny bugs in your gut, the microbiota, as little chemists some of them can actually make special messengers for your brain called uh, neurotransmitters. And one example is dopamine. And certain microbiota, like Bacillus and Serratia, these are names, are the ones that can make it. Now, these names might sound like uh, characters from a science fiction story, but they are just the names of the tiny bugs you have. These specific bugs in your gut can create dopamine which then goes into your bloodstream and can change the baseline levels of dopamine in your brain and body. So remember, baseline levels are like the usual amount and we can have spikes of dopamine from things like behaviors or eating uh, certain foods. So in this case, Bacillus and Serratia can increase your baseline levels of dopamine. So if uh, we create the right environment for these bugs, uh, to thrive in our gut, our baseline levels of dopamine can go up. It's like having a little dopamine boost from the tiny bugs in our tummy. So GABA, G-A-B-A. On the other hand, GABA or gamma amino butyric acid is a neurotransmitter in the brain that plays a crucial role in regulating brain activity and promoting calmness. While GABA is primarily associated with the central nervous system, there is a growing research suggesting that certain gut microbiota or microorganisms in the gut may 
may have the ability to produce GABA. The production of GABA might, by gut microbiota could potentially influence the levels of this neurotransmitter in the body. So impacting the mood and the stress uh, level. However, the understanding of the specific microorganism and the extent of the role of gut microbiota in GABA production is an area of ongoing research. In the essence of uh, GABA, in the context of the microbiome, refers to the potential influence of gut microorganism on the production of regulation of this neurotransmitter, which can have uh, implications for mental and emotional well-being. Imagine the gut as a bustling community where tiny bugs live. Some of these bugs, like Bacillus and Serratia, messenger called dopamine. It's like they're little chemists making us feel good. Now, there are other bugs that uh, with names like Candida and Streptococcus. These bugs help make another messenger called serotonin linked to mood and social interactions. When these bugs are happy and thriving in our gut, they increase other overall serotonin levels, making us feel good overall. Think of serotonin like the boss of our mood. The baseline level sets how we generally feel whether we're happy, calm, or a bit irritable, and just like events during the day can affect our mood. Certain bugs in our gut can influence serotonin levels. It's like having a mood manager in our tummy, helping us navigate through good and not so good feelings. So important chemical called serotonin that affects our mood, and a lot of it, about 80 to 95% is made in the gut by special bugs like the ones we talked about earlier. When these bugs are happy, they make serotonin and our mood gets boosted. Some people might think, all the serotonin in our brain comes from the gut. And that's not quite true. Yes, the gut plays a big role. And if something's not right with those gut bugs, uh, serotonin levels can drop, affecting our mood and even things like our immune system. But there are also special brain cells responsible for releasing serotonin directly in response to cool things like special uh, touch or positive experiences. So it's like a teamwork. So the gut bugs uh, and the brain cells both helping to keep our serotonin levels in check with our mood on track. There are more bugs uh, or bug bodies in our gut like uh, Bifidobacterium, tricky names. But these bugs can make something called GABA, like a mild sedative that helps calm us down and reduce irritability. So it's like uh, having a little peacekeeper in our tummy. The important part for GABA is like the baseline mood manager. It keeps things steady. However, there are also special brain circuits that can release powerful doses of mood messengers like dopamine, serotonin, and GABA when when needed. So it's a team effort between the gut, bugs, and the brain circuit. So loads of studies mostly in animals like mice but some in humans too showing that Having happy bugs can really boost our mood and make us feel good. On the flip side, if our gut bugs are, aren't doing well, it can affect our mood and well-being. Scientists have discovered a whole new world by looking into how different bug communities in the gut might help with certain health uh, issues. They're even exploring these in treatments like fecal transplants for some mental and physical uh, conditions. 
now these studies are a bit tricky, finding the right people, making sure everything is done correctly. They're uncovering some interesting things as well during those times. Imagine transferring the gut bug community from someone who doesn't have a certain health issue into someone who does. It's like giving a helping hand to those who need it. And then they've had some uh, great success, especially with conditions like obesity. There are some people who, no matter how little they eat, struggle to lose weight. For them, treatments like fecal uh, transplants have shown promising results, kind of like a special bug boost to help them on their health. Scientists are also still figuring out exactly how this works. One idea is that it's changing how the body processes uh, things like metabolism. And another idea is that it's affecting mood messengers in the brain and influences our behavior and food choices. Even though some people getting these transplants were already eating very little, the bug boost still made a difference. Sure, there have been a few cases where these transplants had negative effects, but that just shows how powerful our bug bodies in the gut are for. And so as an example, in treating colitis, transferring, transferring fecal matter can actually help. So it's like a superhero bug team coming to uh, the rescue. So if someone gave you their bug community through a fecal transplant, and that person happened to be overweight or had some health issues, surprisingly, you know, you might end up facing similar problems because of the bugs you received. It's like inheriting both the good and the not-so-good traits from someone. Most people aren't really into getting fecal transplants. Um, What we're really interested in is having a healthy bug community in our gut for a strong immune system and a happy brain. So we'll talk about how to do this with uh, in a bit, but it's essential to realize just how powerful these bugs are in influencing our brain chemistry, mood, and other aspects of mental health, things we usually don't connect to our gut. Having a diverse community of bugs in our gut is generally a good thing. Scientists did a cool uh, study using uh, something called the PANAS, Uh, score which measures how people feel both positive and negative emotions they found that people with uh, different diets fell into three groups each with its own emotional symptoms some had more positive vibes while others felt more negative emotions like being stressed or anxious let's answer a big question what is a healthy bug community in our gut so what's a healthy bug uh, community or healthy group of bugs in our gut? Well, experts say it's like a big party with lots of different types of bacteria. Diversity is the key. It makes sense because more types of bacteria mean more chances of having the good ones that produce cool things like GABA, dopamine, and serotonin, and they even support our immune system. Is more always better or not necessary? So there are things called probiotics and prebiotics that can boost this bug diversity and make us feel better. Improving our mood, digestion, and immune system. And uh, there's a catch too, by the way. Too much of the good thing can sometimes lead to brain fog. Yes, and uh, some studies show that too many bugs from overdoing the probiotics 
can make our brains a bit foggy. So balance is the key. So probiotics and prebiotics are rel- related terms, but they are they refer to different things in the context of gut health. Probiotics uh, definition is uh, these are live microorganisms, primarily bacteria and yeast, that confer health benefits when consumed in adequate amounts. They are often found in fermented food, just like yogurt, kefir, sour kraut, kimchi, and in dietary supplements. Probiotics help maintain a healthy balance of microorganisms in the gut. They can contribute to the digestive health, support the immune system, and may have other health benefits as well. On the other hand, prebiotics or prebiotics are non-digestible fibers or compounds that promote the activity and growth of beneficial bacteria. Probiotics uh, in bacteria in the gut. Prebiotics are naturally present in certain foods such as garlic, onions, leeks, bananas, asparagus, and whole grains. Function of these ones, they serve as food for the beneficial bacteria in the gut, promoting their growth and activity, and by enhancing the condition of the probiotics, prebiotics indirectly contribute to the overall gut health. So probiotics are the life-beneficial microorganisms themselves, while prebiotics are substances that nourish and support the growth of these beneficial microorganisms. Consuming both probiotics and prebiotics can contribute to a balanced and healthy gut microbiome. What should we not do to improve our gut? How to keep your tummy happy? First things first, uh, stress can be a bit of a grump for you, for our uh, gut bodies. Too much stress can mess with them, so it's good to keep things um, chill. About the superhero basics that keep our bodies in tip-top shape. First off, uh, make sure you get those uh, nice well sleep. Good rest, uh, good sleep, it's like a magic for feeling awesome. Stay hydrated, my friend, and uh, water is like your body's favorite drink. And don't forget to hang out with pals because good company is good for you. Now, uh, about the chow time. Healthy eats are the key. Keep an eye on stress too. Uh, so much, uh, that too much of that is not cool. Microbiome that consists of trillions of microorganisms in our digestive tract plays crucial role in influencing, influencing various aspects of our well-being. So the study explored how stress, regardless of whether an individual is, uh, individual is facing fasting or not, can disrupt the balance of the microbiome. Stress management tools such as getting sufficient and quality sleep, staying well hydrated, engaging in positive social interactions, and maintaining a nutritious diet were identified as valuable strategies to counteract the negative effects of stress on the microbiome. Every tangata fight takiwatanga is different. If you fail with one strategy, don't stop. Keep moving forward. Always remember that for every failure you encounter is one step closer to your success. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, Memuto te fakawa haire. Let's stop judging others. Memahi tahi tato. Let's all work together. Kia maya, kia kaha, be brave and be strong.